Offering bundled products is quite simply one of the most important things you could do when running an online store. Bundles are so effective that it's one of the few things that's on every single product page on Amazon. Why? Because it works! The easiest way to add powerful and flexible bundle options to your store is the Bold Bundles app. It's become my favorite bundle app. I recently learned it's one of the few on Shopify that doesn't duplicate products or variants and doesn't rely on coupon codes either, so it doesn't mess up your inventory. Every store has a different idea of how they want to offer bundles. Bold Bundles can handle them all. It could do traditional group bundles, BOGO bundles, even no discount, you may also like bundles. The coolest thing though, at least according to me, is the combo product. Bold lets you create a virtual product that represents the bundle, so you can edit the product just like any other in your store, but when a customer adds it to the cart, Bold Bundles adds all the products in the bundle at whatever discount you set. It's seamless. So if you want to add bundles to your Shopify store and increase your average order value in the process, I highly recommend the Bold Bundles app. And as a listener of the unofficial Shopify podcast, Bold is offering it to you free for two months. Just go to kurtelster.com bold, and you can install it from there to get your exclusive offer. kurtelster.com bold. Additional support for the unofficial Shopify podcast comes from SEO Manager. You already know the benefits of SEO. The higher you rank in search, the more visitors you get, and more visitors means more sales, which means more money in your pocket. But how do you do it? That's where SEO Manager comes in. It helps Shopify store owners get found in search engines more easily, and it's trusted by thousands of store owners. No surprise there, it's equal parts power, innovation, and ease of use. Think of SEO Manager as your optimization toolbox. Here's some examples. It can scan your site for issues, offer keyword suggestions, add structured data support, analyze missing pages and redirects, and even integrate with Kit, plus a ton more tools to help you be easily found in Google searches. Best of all, it's easy to get started. You can get started in minutes, and their friendly support team is always on standby if you need help. Seriously, I have met them, they are the best. And as a special offer to you, you can get 10% off SEO Manager forever when you sign up at seomanager.com slash unofficial. That's seomanager.com slash unofficial. Everyone likes to say they make data-driven decisions, don't they? But few actually do, I suspect. And even fewer of those are making decisions with good data. But as more and more Shopify businesses drill into making data-driven decisions, having the proper foundation is imperative. You can't make data-driven decisions with bad data. You need it, you need good data. And the advantage of data-driven decisions is that you can run a leaner, more profitable business when you have clear insight into what does and doesn't work. And that's the point of all of this. Dollar, dollar bills, y'all. So to help us think through that, I got Rich Hanna from RHUX Analytics here. And one of our mutual clients has been working with him and was really impressed, sang his praises from the rooftops. And so we're joined by, by Rich Hanna. And prior to starting his agency, listen to this. He was the former lead analytics engineer for Lululemon and has consulted for brands, stop me if you've heard these, Nordstrom, Major League Soccer, Zendesk, Starbucks, Tesla, ooh, my favorite, and others. Wow. Mr. Hanna, oh my gosh, you have quite the resume here. 
<laughs> thanks, Kurt. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to be here. Well, yeah, thanks for joining us. Um, so I, I touched on your background there, but in your own words, what's your background, or rather, why should we listen to you? We, uh, you know, at, at a former, uh, actually backing up, at a former life, I, um, I worked for a company that, that, you know, consulted for those brands uh, that you had mentioned, you know, Tesla, GoPro, um, you know, a bunch of others that... Oh, I didn't um, even mention GoPro, but I like them oh. too. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, you know, it's, a, so working with that company, um, you know, I got to learn, um, you know, just, just best practices across the industry, just what, um, you know, these giant, you know, billion dollar enterprise brands are doing and how they implement analytics and how, um, even they mess up, right? Like even they are confused on, on things and even they have, um, you know, data collection issues and reporting issues and just everything from, you know, like, we don't know why this is tracking and why this is broken or how to even, how to even go about doing this or like, what's the strategy? Um, God, that makes these... me feel so much better. <laughs> like I, I, every, I have these exact same issues with eight figure brands and it feels like the bigger the brand gets, the harder it gets to get good data, clean data, actionable data, or maybe it's just that it becomes more important, but I'm always like, I, I second guess all of it. I don't know what is it isn't real. It, it's hard to tell. It drives and I'm like, am I what am I doing any of this right? It's just like imposter syndrome and second. It's horrible. Right. Yeah. Well, and and the people that do it every day. I mean, like these these giant indus industries or these giant enterprise brands like have entire departments that are dedicated to this kind of stuff. You know, like they have a team of of five to fifty analysts and you know a, a team of of five to ten implementation engineers that are doing this stuff and even they have have difficulties with it everybody's got a different opinion of, as far as how it should be done you know and and i think the, the unique perspective that i was able to bring from that was just the difference in um and how everybody ran their company you know and just seeing kind of like their best practices and i was able to kind of pull from each one of those and just say like okay th these are the ones that i've noticed that work across the board and um i i was was pretty um i think i was pretty fortunate to be in that position to be able to see how that works um and then from from there i was able to uh go to lululemon i had a great opportunity with them um to be uh, a lead a b testing engineer um for uh for the company for a few years and then i transitioned into the lead analytics engineer for uh for them um to uh help implement uh, everything from google analytics to adobe analytics um to you know app analytics and and things like that and then um here i am it's, you know working we're working for my own company now so well a, a congrats um and b what i didn't know that you were also a split testing engineer at one point because with that i could do an entire another show on with you as well but you mentioned google analytics okay let's go back to basics with shopify i'm setting up a shopify store that's not a joke i literally am setting up a shopify store for someone uh as we speak and i got to uh, add the Google Analytics snippet. And in Shopify, you go online store preferences, paste in the snippet, check enhanced e-commerce data, click save. Have I already gone wrong here? Yes. No, um, why? <laughs> so the reason being is that it just how it, how it sets up the data model just doesn't make sense. I mean, it's it may make sense to a Shopify um, dev or whoever actually, you know, was the product manager for that particular um product right in in shopify i think that uh the data model itself does not follow the the google um enhanced e-commerce 
just schema um, or best practices. It uh, th there's kind of an industry standard as far as you know, just the, you you set up your enhanced e-commerce with like you know the different um, different tagging setups and, and things like that. And we'll we'll get into all that. And if, for those that don't know what tagging is, like we'll we'll chat about chat about that. But um, I would say that if you're wanting more than just your basic data collection um, and you're wanting clean, accurate data that's actually actionable uh, that you can pull. Uh, reports from and actually know what what you're what you're looking at, um, then then no, you don't want to do that. In in the case of you know a store owner that is just kind of getting into it and they're they're just starting out, I think it's totally fine um, to 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 do that. You know, so I guess to answer your question, kind of backtracking uh, on myself a bit, like I, I think that it it just it depends on the situation of like are are you are you a company that's you know doing a million dollars a week in in online revenue are you somebody that's just starting out you know brand new to 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 build your own store and in your context of like you're just building a store uh starting from the ground up um it's it's fine you're gonna have to redo it later if you do end up scaling the business um so just kind of keep that in mind we always recommend kind of going with gtm out of the box um and setting up basic tracking with best practices as far as that goes um but uh yeah that's that's kind of our thoughts on it all right, so when we with that native Google Analytics integration, is my data bad? What's wrong with it? So it's collecting it's collecting data, and it's the way it puts it into the model for analysis for like your top event reports doesn't make sense um, in the aspect of like if you go through and you try to do like any sort of product level reporting um, or uh, you know, like page to or uh, detail to cart ratio or anything like that. It, it, it's, it gets challenging um, with how that current uh, setup is, is configured. Like if you go to checkout and we have um, tools that we were able to look at the, um, the events that occur on somebody's site, um, if you go to checkout, you know, there's like three or four different events that are firing um, in a single checkout step uh, when all of that can be consolidated into one um, when it is a uh, when it's actually following the Google Google recommended schema. Right. So um, it will it'll send one for the product, one for the checkout level. Um, and it just it's creating duplicate events, which um, if you become a, a bigger store, GA will actually have like sampling rules. Uh, that will set in place and they'll cap you at 2 million hits uh, a month, which we have seen from uh, from stores out there. And so the more events that you're sending uh, to GA, then you'll actually start losing data the bigger you get. Um, mm. So there, there is there is some um, some drawbacks to it if you're if you're a bigger company. Um, like I said, if as a smaller one, you know, your odds are, you know, you're kind of just starting to dip your toe in and things like that. So you're not going to be doing the level of analysis that will will be um, you'll start to notice those little indeficiencies that they're occurring. Okay. So what should I do instead? So we, uh, we recommend that, uh, you start off with, uh, with using GTM. Um, if you have a Shopify store, um, you'll have it installed directly in the theme. Um, if you have it, uh, if you have a Shopify plus store, it'll be in the, in the theme and the checkout file. Um, but, um, typically what you'll do is you'll install GTM. You'll have, uh, you know, your analytics or, 
are running like all your core tracking, like your core page views, um, you know, your core uh, settings, which are, you know, capturing um, all the data that you need on a, on a, like a, an every hit level. Um, so like, you know, different things like the, the client ID or the Shopify user ID, that way you can stitch together users, um, you know, in GA and Shopify, right. Or um, different things like uh, different things like that, right? So I think that uh, we always recommend GTM just because it's more scalable. Um, it is more challenging and it is a bit of a learning curve. Um, you know, and there's, there's, you don't want to just dive in and start throwing, you know, a bunch of stuff in there. Um, but there's plenty of great vendors out there that are willing to help. And, and uh, I think that it's, a, it's a good, um, it's a good start to just start off on the right foot. Um, and if you're, if you need basic level tracking anyways, it's actually not that difficult to, to implement. Um, and you can, you can get good basic enhanced e-commerce tracking, um, set up within, you know, just a, a, a few days really. So with, uh, so GTM, you're, you're referring to Google tag manager. Correct. Okay. Yeah. And I guess Google Tag, you said, oh, you could set it up in a few days. A few days? I could copy and paste <laughs> one snippet for regular Google Analytics. What am I getting out of GTM that makes it worth the, the hassle here? Yeah, so I say a few days uh, to set the expectation longer. It really doesn't take that long if, if you are able to find um, like a good way to do it. If you have a vendor do it, um, it should take like a day, right? Um, if, if, a, if a good vendor is doing it, they'll QA, so it'll take two days. Um, but if you're implementing it yourself, um, you're, you know, there's all sorts of good resources out there, Google documentation, um, that will enable you to, to set it up. You will probably, uh, need a, um, a dev or to be able to implement a, um, what are called GTM templates, which are built into Google Tag Manager themselves that you should be able to, to set up enhanced e-commerce tracking. Um, there's also... Uh, a few apps out there that will help you uh, integrate this as well, um, which is which is an option. What's your preference, app or vendor or DIY? So vendor is definitely my preference, um, just because you can get it going. It, but if you want to get it, any uh, you know, I'm, and I'm speaking to the to the kind of the newbies here. Um, if you, you you can get it going. Um, you can get it set up with the core tracking and things like that. If you want to go anything beyond that, then you're, you're going to need uh, a vendor, you know, and then you'll have to start worrying about like personally identifiable information and, um, things like that. Right. And, and, uh, and GDPR, which is, um, like a global data protection regulation over in, uh, over in Europe. Right. So, um, the, there is. There's just it, it's a big world and it's a, it's a black box for a lot of people. So, you know, going back to your initial question of like, yes, you can you can check your check the box and it will collect data. And that's kind of the, the point of like, you know, if you want to collect data um, just right out of the box, like that's totally, totally fine. But if you want to do good analysis, you're going to have to set it up through GTM. So it's kind of a, uh, you know, a pick pick which which path you want to take at the, at the beginning. Um, if you're a bigger uh, vendor that's more established, um, you have like maybe a small or uh, sorry, not a bigger vendor, a bigger business um, that's more established and you have like maybe a small team of devs or a, a marketing team or something like that. I would definitely recommend going with the vendor route and working with someone that's going to be able to uh, set up clean, accurate data collection. Um, we have this this saying that no data is better than bad data. Um, and the reason why is, is that there's... Um, you know, you're just more likely to put all your eggs in the data basket, right? Like, and if, if you come back later and you find out that that data is bad, which more often than not, it actually is, um, 
you know, then you, you kind of question like the business decisions that you've been making, um, putting all your decisions in that, in that basket. Oh, no, I, I totally agree with that. I mean, that was kind of the, the crux of the, the intro is like, hold on, if we're making data driven decisions, is anyone questioning the veracity of the data? That's, <laughs> that's the issue we get into. Right. Um, you'd mentioned for installing GTM, you mentioned apps are an option. Uh, any you recommend? Um, yeah, so they're, they're actually a uh, competitor of ours, but um, Elevar has a great app. Um, they are uh, able to install um, some, some tagging directly under the site. Um, they've got a great, uh, great model over there. Um, there are a few that you can, um, you can use uh, that are I, and I, I don't really, I don't recommend them um, in, per se, I guess, like in, in the aspect of each one of them that we've seen, you know, outside of like, you know, Elevar, which is a, which is a good, um, they're, they're a vendor and they have an app, right? Um, you're kind of on your own with, with a lot of them. Um, and so you're kind of running into your same issues. So if you, if you have start having data collection issues, um, you know, you're, you're kind of on your own with that. And then you have to kind of find your way in the dark um, with those as well. Um, so I, I guess my recommendation would probably start and end there. Okay. Uh, and you know, truthfully, I, of the GTM data layer apps, the only one I've used is Elevar. I've seen it used, uh, several times mm -hmm. and it, it's been consistently recommended. So if you're going the app approach and really like, this is just one piece of the puzzle. Like this is adding the, the code, the data layer into the Shopify theme but then you still have to set it up in GTM, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So yeah, no, I, I'd agree with that. Uh, you mentioned GDPR. If I'm using GTM with Shopify, and I've, so I've got this non-native setup, do I have to worry about uh, people's data getting transferred in some illicit manner that's going to get me in trouble? Yeah, so um, I'll say this with the caveat that I'm not... Uh, a lawyer, uh, but the good news. Neither am I. <laughs> the so the idea of GDPR and CCPA, and it's going to be more prevalent here in the United States over the next few years. We'll we'll start seeing laws passed um, throughout these different states. Is that there are um, companies, uh, or excuse me, um, uh, regulations for companies that are put in place. Um, to, to ensure that there's private uh, that that the user has privacy, right? That there's um, there's privacy rules around around data collection. So if you are currently doing business in uh, Europe, then uh, you will need to uh, essentially put in place um, what are called uh, consent uh, triggering rules that are that are essentially there to make sure that when a user, if a user doesn't accept the cookies, like everybody's been seeing these, like, do you accept cookie pop-ups like over the last like year or so, right? Um, on every single website they, they, they visit. So if there's, if there's a cookie consent pop-up and the user says, no, don't track my information or change my cookie settings, then there needs to be something in place that is actually blocking the ability to fire those tags and triggers to Google Analytics and Facebook and things like that. So, um, Yes, that, that is something you will need to set up um, directly in GTM to ensure that there are uh, consent rules being followed. Okay. Uh, how terrified should I be? I, I, don't, I don't think terrified right now. Um, I, I mean, and this is, 
this is me kind of going back to not being a lawyer, <laughs> but, but um, you know, I think that as, as of right now, like everyone in the United States is, is kind of getting, getting on it. I think the more prevalent it is here in the United States, um, having cookie consent rules and things like that will be more and more um, common and uh, we'll, we'll need to have things in place like that. I know that it, um, you know, my previous company, when um, CCPA dropped, uh, there was uh, a pretty big scramble to make sure that there was, uh, you know, different um, elements that were on the app itself um, that were um, needed to put in place to be able to sure, ensure that, you know, this uh, California Consumer Protection Act was actually being followed. Um, there are fines that can be imposed. Um, I don't know off the top of my head what those fines are, um, but those are uh, those can be put directly on the business for collecting data. Um, if it's being sent to Google, Google and Google sees um, that there is uh, a violation of GDPR or CCPA, they will delete uh, the data and could delete your account. Mm, geez. All right, so a little scary. Um, as long as we're on the topic of things that that scare or should scare merchants. Another one that always seems to terrify people is my page speed scores. Oh no. With the level of data you have uh, and the analysis you've done, have you have you looked at the impact of page speed? Like real world, what do you think? Yeah, so I think page speed matters. And I think that if it if there is a significant detriment to the page load and the user experience, then absolutely it matters. A user will leave if it if it takes more than a few seconds for uh, for a page to load. You know, we're talking six, seven, eight, nine, ten seconds, right? Like, oh, well, at that point, it's like, it's not like, oh, my, it's oh, I got a page speed score issue, my site's slow. Right. No, it's like your site's right. straight up broken if it takes right. eight seconds to load. Yep, exactly. And so I think eight that seconds, I'd be like, oh my God. I just turned my phone off. <laughs> right. Um, so in, in that instance, yes, absolutely. The, the page speed score or page speed matters. If we're, if we're talking like, you know, the difference between 4.5 and five seconds, um, I, I, there's, there's data that suggests that there actually is a lift in, in revenue and conversion rate. Uh, but there's also data that suggests that there's no, uh, no such, uh, benefit to it. Right. And so I, I think what that shows us is that there's like, there's a um, that it can help, uh, but it's it's. I, I think there's conflicting data right now, and 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 my personal uh, experience at Lulu, we have um, we were able to increase our our page speed score um, by uh, I think it was about it was about three quarters of a second, and there was a small uh, increment because it's just over the mass volume of of people. Um, it's like it naturally, like your, your page is faster. So it's going to, and this um, is in reference to, to Lululemon, to, to Lululemon. Correct. Yeah. Yes. So no one listening has anywhere near the traffic or revenue of, Lululemon of, does. Uh, just straight uh, up. Right. And so, and, and in that case there, there has been, um, there, there was a lift. Right. Um, but I, I believe that, um, you know, if it's if it's a second or or less, right? You're kind of just splitting hairs at that point. Um, I don't know that it's going to make um, a huge lift in in revenue. You know, potentially four to five percent um, uh, is as far as like a conversion rate lift goes. Um, that's as that's as high as I've seen in the real world outside of Lululemon. Um, you know, but that's just uh, that's just um, our particular data set that we're looking at as well. 
Interesting. It sounds like uh, in, inconclusive uh, or I, I think charitably um, a fast site doesn't hurt. A slow site doesn't help is where we're going to land on. Like as long as we're operating within like y- you can actually load it. <laughs> right. Exactly. Now, there are some benefits to because um, I think what we're talking about here specifically is probably like a headless site, right? And I, I think that you brought up word. <laughs> there it is. I so I um, I believe that with a there there are benefits to a headless site in that you don't have to um, your your initial page speed score is only going to matter for the page load, where the page speed score doesn't actually indicate the savings is on each subsequent page load after that, right? And because a uh, a headless site is built on what's called a progressive web app or a single page application, and those are um, typically built in like React or Angular or something like that. React and Angular um, really actually only loads the page once, and so if you look at the top of your browser and the little refresh icon that's happening on on your tab is a page loads that only happens once on landing and then every every subsequent page load after that will actually um it your page never refreshes right so in theory like you're not loading all those additional libraries you're not loading all of those like you're, you're loading gtm once you're not loading gtm every single time you go to a new page like a static site right um and so there there is cost savings or, or like i guess speed savings um, to be had on subsequent page loads. So the page speed score isn't a true indicator of like what actually happens um, directly on a, um, you know, like a, a user journey. So we're talking four to five pages deep. Um, whereas on the initial load, like there's there's relatively no difference um, in, in that aspect. It is so refreshing to hear someone just give us the straight facts on uh, web performance. It really is. <laughs> <laughs> Do you, does that not happen a lot? Or is it just kind of like a, like a dance around just like, you know, um, like headless in general or. Uh, I think a lot of people just don't, don't understand like the deep technical aspects of it. And I think it often comes down to like, Hey, Google says there's a score that if, if my score gets better, my site does better and I get more free traffic. So they like, it really doesn't matter what anybody else says. Cause Google says so. Got and it. it's so frustrating. Got it. It's just like, it, you're just wasting resources and tearing your hair out over something that is way less impactful than you think. How can you increase your Shopify sales by 10 to 15% overnight? This is not mission difficult, Mr. Hunt. It's mission impossible. Don't worry, Tom Cruise. This mission isn't impossible. Just use Zipify one-click upsell. Got mobile-optimized offer pages that drive sky-high conversions, plus built-in split testing for maximizing your results. It's no wonder one-click upsell has made its users an extra $162 million in sales. And it only takes a few minutes to install the app, launch your first upsell, and start generating 10 to 15% more revenue overnight. To start your free 30-day trial, go to zipify.com kurt. That's Z-I-P-I-F-Y dot com slash Kurt, K-U-R-T. And to get an unadvertised gift, email help at zipify.com and ask for the Tech Nasty bonus. Tech Nasty. You mentioned, you mentioned the H word. If you go headless, what, uh, what data considerations do I have here? Yeah, so uh, great question. So this is... Um, something that we've seen, we, we've had the opportunity to, uh, to work uh, directly with some um, headless uh, companies out there. Um, 
and uh, actually Shogun is one of our um, our partners, and we've had what? the opportunity to <laughs> yeah, to be able to work with them. And um, the some of the some of the challenges that we've seen, not just with them, but uh, with uh, a few other headless um, sites that we have um, uh, worked with, um, is that. Um, with with the the improved performance between you know pages and and uh, site speed and user user experience um, I guess upgrade if you will uh, the challenge in migrating over to headless is that you need an entirely new analytics um, implementation Ooh. that that also um, your Sh Shopify out of the box does not actually uh, translate right so. Um, you will need to uh, set up uh, GTM. You will need to set up different uh, just analytics data collection um, tools and things like that. So you'll have to set up like, you know, Facebook. Um, you'll have to set up uh, Google Analytics. You'll have to set up, you know, pretty much any any third-party tag, Clavio, like all of that will have to be set up. And it has to be set up differently. The data layer needs to be uh, restructured. The data layer is what um, sits there to collect all the data to send it off to these different third-party uh, vendors. Um, the data layer will need to be restructured because how a React or a single-page application or progressive web app um, handles uh, like um, just data collection. So um, your uh, your conversion rate may have um, some issues. Like if you are uh, arti artificial issues, I should say, because what will happen is is that your as you're navigating across the site, um, or when you land, if you come in from like Google, for, uh, for instance, like a Google ad, um, CPC, and you uh, land on the site and then you navigate to a different page, there's a chance that the session um, behind the scenes will break. And so what that'll oh, look geez. like, according to Google Analytics, is that there is, um, there's two sessions, right? And we've seen upwards of 13 sessions for one user. Um, when in actuality, it should have been one session. So now Google Analytics takes that with the conversion rate and says, okay, um, you know, this is a, it took 13 sessions for this one user to convert, right? And so <laughs> it's like, uh, but that's not true. Um, so your conversion rate is actually better than what it would be showing in Google Analytics, which is a good, uh, a good thing, right? Um, but it just has to be accounted for on the setup. Um, there's something that you have to, to set up to be able to do uh, what's called like a rogue refer, um, and that is essentially um, rogue R O G U E R O R O G U E. Yeah, and so that's like essentially ma <laughs> maintaining that original refer. Uh, so the, the the rogue refer issue once that's fixed, your your conversion rate returns to normal, right? So um, that said, um, working with Shogun to develop an out of the box solution um, that is uh, enables uh, their clients to be able to just move seamlessly over to uh, Shogun, um, and we've we're working with a couple other uh, uh, companies with this as well to be able to have a one-to-one -one integration uh, based on what was uh, what they had in Shopify. So if you're going to go with a different company other than like Shogun or something like that, um, then that's something you'll have to think about. So there, there's benefits to switching to, uh, switching to headless as far as the user experience goes. Um, there's also things you want to think about. And I guess to, in summary would be um, Shogun is developing the solution to be able to, to not have to worry about your analytics as you, um, as you are rolling over. Potentially, ideally, in the future, 
with Shogun, my analytics don't break. And is that a GTM-based solution or straight like Google Analytics 4? Yeah, so <laughs> yeah, that's a yeah. can of worms right there. So I um, realize I'm like, oh boy, I opened yeah. up here. <laughs> yeah, so um, yes, so so as currently, there's there's something that is uh, that with we have with them that's a it's a GTM solution. Um, it is a uh, it has GA4 capabilities in it. It also has server-side capabilities in it um, because there's server-side um, uh, data collection that's occurring now. And this is in response to ITP and all of the Apple changes. Um, and so you can actually collect up to 99% of your data now as opposed to um, you know, missing out on a lot of the Safari tracking issues and um, like privacy browsers and things like that, which is a whole nother story. Um, but that's Google's response to a lot of like what's going on with like, you know, getting rid of cookies and all that kind of stuff. Right. So there is, um, there is a solution we have in place right now, uh, to be able to, to, to roll over. Um, there's a more advanced solution that's coming down the pipe, um, that's called headless analytics, um, that we've developed. It's a proprietary software, um, that is one of the, it's actually one of the first in the world that is uh, piggybacking off a, a technology called module federation um just making up words at this point <laughs> you're like all right the rogue module installs yeah. <laughs> into the headless server side anyway everything is better after that right like, exactly right. yeah so anyway so that's that's coming uh potentially there's there's still some some kinks we have to work out um but there are um yeah so there's there's something that that uh will be coming down the road for for that as far as gtm G, ga4 server side all of that kind of stuff that out of the box is is pretty much ready to go um with uh with shogun cool um and we're gonna do uh we're gonna get some some shogun customers on here to talk us through headless and i wasn't seeking out shogun i just like i you know i gotta find some people who are headless and they were Shogun front end customers. That's just how it works out. It seems to be, um, it seems to be the market leader in this instance. Um, so you mentioned server side analytics and iOS 14 in this privacy thing. So iOS 14 is very Apple and iOS 14 is this big privacy push. And as part of that, in uh, on my iPhone, it I can opt out of a lot of tracking it limits a lot of tracking and most tracking is really is based on like session ids and cookies meaning my device helps advertisers keep track of me and when you say server side it means the uh the server providing the info so on the other side of the web not my device is going to do the tracking i'm shocked that that's not how we always did it because it would run faster, it would be more efficient. Uh, the server side has total control of it. It's not reliant on you know, goofball JavaScript. Talk me through. Uh, well, just give me some thoughts on server side analytics. Yeah, <clears throat> so server side analytics. Um, it, it really is. I, I'm surprised it, it wasn't kind of the how how everything was set up in you know in the past as well. I think just the natural uh, progression of like Google bought, you know, this company called Urchin and Ur Urchin had like UTM parameters and or, like they're, they're, that's where it's like literally UTM source medium comes from is, uh, uh, you know, Urchin tracking module is, is, is where that, that comes from. Right. So I think they had this model 
um, and it was able to to be collected on on the web. And somebody decided that the best way to to do this was cookies, and so everything else just latched onto that. Um, from there, um, obviously, Apple was like, you know, like smacked that idea down and, and said, no, we're gonna we're gonna many years uh, later. Many years later, yep, and and that we're not going to allow uh, that, right? Which some some businesses are like, well, is that your decision? And there's that whole big argument, you know, that's that's kind of going on right now, right? And so, um, the the idea of server side analytics, um, you know, you've already called out a few of the benefits, but it just it it kind of it puts the control back in the business's hands if they want it. Right um, and takes it out of the browser's hands, um, and so the, what what can be done is that you you'll be sending data from your website to this server that's set up, and it's actually relatively easy to provision. There's just an out of the box solution that, that Google has that you go, I want to click up or I want to I want to set up a a server side container, and then you click. Um, a button that says provision uh, server-side instance, and then it sets it all up for you, right? Um, and there's still a, some small configuration that needs to be done to kind of scale it if you're a bigger business. Um, but the 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 simplicity of it is really, really good. So um, what it does is that you, you can now reduce the amount of tags and reduce the amount of uh, network hits that are being sent uh, from your web container uh, to your server-side container, and then your server-side container can then take that, like let's say in this instance, like a single um, event that's sent, so like a, uh, an add-to-cart event or something. Um, it takes that add-to-cart event, and now you can broadcast it out to multiple different um, locations. You can fire multiple different tags, right? And so all of your logic and all of your heavy lifting can live um, on your server, and you can have a much lighter uh, container that lives on your uh, on your site. And uh, as a lot of people know, the you know you were talking about page speed scores. One of the things you'll see that's kind of the uh, the the problem child is analytics and um, the, the analytics uh, load time um, to to load in a, a big tag management system um, that's you know taking up kind of the main thread um, dev talk there is. Uh, it, it's it, it takes that and it makes it smaller, so it doesn't have to take up as much space. It's not like forcing everybody else out of the way to um, to essentially get there and, and load first. And as everybody always tells you, and Google even tells you, put this all the way up in, your, in the head of your site so it loads first, right? And so now you're loading GTM, but you're also loading Facebook. You're also loading, you know, uh, Clavio. You're also loading all these other tags and and. Uh, third-party libraries um, in up at the top of your your site, which is um, why it's the problem child. <laughs> and so, yeah, um, really, I think unknowingly, when people talk about, oh, my page speed score is bad, oh, my site's slow, it, the culprit is almost always third-party JavaScript. You're loading all this JavaScript from uh, external sources on the web, and that slows things down dramatically. And if you get rid of all that that JavaScript, the site loads way faster. And your page speed score gets better. But lo and behold, no one wants to give up their analytics. No one wants to give up their remarketing snippets and uh, all these these goofball apps. Um, yeah, and it, like part truly part of the reason headless is often faster is because you no longer have access to a million crazy apps at your fingertips to install. All of which is like, hey, I'm going to install three different versions of jQuery and then leave these here for you to deal with later. Hmm. 
Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that the, um, you know, the, the benefit of, of having server side is that you're not, you're not necessarily firing a bunch of, of network hits. Like if you look at the network tab, um, if you have a server side instance set up, um, you are, you're, you're sending far fewer, right. Um, depending upon each, each setup is, is different. So like, like I can't throw like a, a number out there. Right. Um, but it would, it's, you know, you could, you could theoretically take, you know, 10 different hits for a single event down to actually just one network hit going out. And, um, to, to kind of clarify what a network hit is, that's when you're actually reaching out and trying to send data across the internet. Right. And so, um, it, it, takes it could take it down from 10 to one and so when you do that that's what actually helps speed your site up and, and things like that as well too so um you know but on on top of the the just the the performance impact um you're also able to and this is kind of some points of contention of like if like and just like should it be done um but you're able to take it out of like the privacy browsers uh, hands of blocking like Google analytics and blocking, um, Facebook analytics and things like that, because you can actually send it in your own URL, um, which those ones are actually looking for, right? Like they're looking for, uh, a specific structure in that URL that's sending to Google analytics, um, and sending to Facebook. So you're not, you're not, since you're not sending it to those anymore, you're sending it to your own. You can actually, bypass um you know like the ad blockers and the privacy browsers and things like that if you choose um which gives you all of your data you know because like since there's since there's all these things out there now that that block these uh, particular um third-party vendors there are um you're going to be missing data like you know we we see it we see it all the time that you know you don't collect all of your data because of those um those things in place uh all right Actually, I, I like that. I think that's a, a good place to wrap it up. But, all right, where do we want to leave it? What what piece of misinformation do you want to correct? What do you want? Uh, what action do you want people to take? Where do you want this to go? What's your legacy on the unofficial Shopify podcast? Uh, don't don't feel like I guess this huge like um, I guess pit in your stomach if if your data is bad or if you find that your data data is bad or you think your data is bad. It's fixable. Almost everybody, everybody's data is bad, just like starting off, you know, and so um, like there's no one out, out of the box solution that fits all websites, right? And so um, it's going to be uh, Google Analytics doesn't know how to handle that. You know, if you, if you go to if you go to GA and you look at your pages, um, you know, odds are if you're if you're a relatively large company, you have over 600,000 URLs, un- unique URLs in your in your pages report. <clears throat> You know, and so what that does is that causes fragmentation, um, which is like it spreads all of your data across all of those different rows, you know. And so um, like there you can't analyze that because it's like you're if you want to know what your top performing page is uh, or something like that, you can't necessarily tell because it's actually spread out across, you know, 500,000 rows. So Google doesn't know how to handle that. Um, out of the box. I don't know and how so, to handle it either. <laughs> so you have to like, you have to do things to, to, to make sure that your data is clean and that your data is uh, fixed. You know, like uh, we see bots all the time, bot traffic in there, you know, so putting filters in place and things like that. So don't, don't, uh, I guess like beat yourself up if you, if you feel like you have bad data. Um, it is fixable. Um, you know, it sounds and then to just, me, 
you got to it sounds to me like you got to make do with it right up until you're like all right it's time to hire uh, a, a professional to just tackle this for me yeah and that's up to you to decide when that is right like if you if you want to start making business decisions based on that data then hire the professional you know if you're if you're just kind of like wanting to know like oh okay how are we doing like you know then you, you you can you can make do with with the the out of the box implementation you know and just and and watching um, how many users you have come to your site how many sessions you know and, and things like that um, but you know I, I think that through all of that like it's with hiring somebody like a vendor is um, they come along with with best practices you know um, setting up these best practices and um, and then from there it's strategy, you know, and a lot of people think that like best practices and strategy are the same thing and, and they're not, you know, best practices are just like what, what happens across the industry and then strategy is unique to your business, you know, and so that a good vendor will, will provide both of those to you and, and be able to, to help you be able to grow your business based off those data driven, uh, uh, benchmarks and metrics that you have. And let's say I wanted to hire Rich Hanna as my vendor to put these best practices in. To place where do i find you yeah um so you'll go to our website um uh, ruxanalytics.com um you can uh see us on there you can find us on on linkedin pretty much all your your favorite social media outlets all right and i will I'll link to that in the show notes rich this has been uh quite educational and uh a little bit a little bit freeing a lot of a lot of good info in here i appreciate it um thank you so much for doing this and if people have uh, questions, they should check out rhuxanalytics.com. You even have a pretty good blog, I noticed. Oh, thanks, man. <laughs> That's a shout out to you, Brenda. When you're creating your own e-com store, sometimes competing just isn't enough. Kick your sales into overdrive with Out of the Sandbox Turbo Theme. As the name would imply, Turbo is a high-performance-focused premium theme with great mobile optimization. Turbo's even got speed settings, sport, and ludicrous. Ludicrous Mode predicts what page will be visited next and preloads the page in the background so your site becomes even faster. They've gone to plat! Load time, speed, theme support, and great mobile optimization are all contributing factors as to why Turbo has a 100% 5-star rating by customers on Out of the Sandbox. If blazing fast speed isn't a big enough rush, you can get the premium theme for 20% off. Use code KURT20, that's K-U-R-T-2-0 today at outofthesandbox.com slash unofficial, and you'll be off to the races. Try Turbo today with a 14-day money-back guarantee, but you're sure to be satisfied. If you'd like to help us spread the joy of entrepreneurship, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. If you're listening on a smartphone, tap or swipe up over the cover art of this podcast. You'll find some episode notes, including links to sites we discussed, and maybe some details you missed. You'll also find offers from our sponsors, so please support our show by supporting them. And thank you. The unofficial Shopify podcast was recorded and hosted by me, Kurt Elster, produced by my business partner, Paul Rita, for our Shopify partner agency, EtherCycle. Check us out at ethercycle.com. Thanks for listening.